0: Revelation 17, we covered verses 1 through 4 last week. This week, 5 through 8. Four more verses, not bad. Four verses a week. Let me read those verses to you, 17, 5 through 8. That we're talking about the great harlot, the great prostitute, Mystery Babylon. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition and those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is now before we pray let me remind you I've told you a number of times as we've gone through this revelation study not everything in revelation is chronological so you might notice that even as we're drawing to the close of the tribulation here we're getting closer and closer to the end and the return of jesus christ with his saints this is kind of a backward glance an in-depth look at things that have been happening throughout the tribulation so this is not a chronologically ordered chapter here let's pray father we lift up this time in your word we thank you for your word we thank you that you've made known things to us that have remained mysteries to many people for many years and yet, you've chosen in these last days to make these things known to us, even as we look at this idea of the mystery of Babylon the Great. Lord, just to cause your Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to guide us into all truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, mystery. The word mystery designates a spiritual fact previously hidden and incapable of discovery by mere reason but now revealed actually the apostle paul tells us that the new testament church the gentile church the body of christ is a mystery that was not revealed in the old testament ephesians 3 1 through 6 for this reason i paul the prisoner of jesus christ for you gentiles remember paul identifies himself as the apostle to the gentiles So he went from a Hebrew of Hebrews, a member of the Sanhedrin, a uh, student of Gamaliel, to being the apostle to the Gentiles. And one who tracked down Jewish Christians to kill them before his Damascus Road encounter with Jesus Christ. But here he is, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. So the whole idea of a group of people worshiping the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of Israel Yahweh Jehovah was a complete mystery even the Apostles had a hard time with it at first the idea that Gentiles could be saved so this is one example of a something that was previously a mystery not able to be known until revealed by God through in this case the Apostle Paul the New Testament Mystery: Babylon the Great. You could say that just as the beast is the Antichrist, you could say that the great harlot is the anti-church, called here the Great Harlot. It's a mystery in that it was not revealed until John wrote the Book of Revelation. In chapter 17, Babylon represents the false religious system that many believe will be centered in Rome Uh, there are others who actually believe that Babylon will literally be resurrected so to speak and that that will be the seat of the global one world government and religion but it remains to be seen and there are many reasons why a number of theologians Bible scholars and so forth believe that the false religious system will be centered in Rome now in chapter 18 the mystery Babylon the Great represents more so the political and commercial aspect of the revived Roman Empire headed by the Antichrist and again the revived Roman Empire is more of an ideology a mentality necessarily a literal geographical location but it could very well be that it is centered in Rome but this name Babylon it stands for both a city and a system a religious and a commercial system as well as a political system kind of like when you hear the term Wall Street it literally represents a place But it also represents a system, doesn't it? And when you hear the the term Wall Street, you think more about, really, about the system than about the location. It's the system, and this Babylonian system, which goes back thousands of years to Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, and Nimrod's uh, satanic effort to reach into the stars and become equal with God, just like Lucifer. We'll get to that in just a moment but she is called here mother of harlots or prostitutes and the abominations of the earth so this title suggests that all spiritual harlotry if you will adultery and abominable acts in history speaking spiritually now are somehow the offspring of Babylon and there's a whole lot you could study on that. It's a Very deep subject. Verse 6. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her I marveled with great amazement. So again. Drunk with the blood of the saints. And this would then again hearken back. That the spirit of Babylon would have been involved in the martyrdom of believers from the beginning of time. But through the false prophet and this one world anti-church the Antichrist is going to execute great multitudes of tribulation converts, the martyrs, who come to faith in Christ during the tribulation. Uh, The King James Version, New King James uses the word martyrs. The New American Standard and the New Revised Standard Version use the word witnesses and in fact that's what a martyr means, a witness. And the reason people who are killed for their faith in Christ are called martyrs is because that's the ultimate witness and the ultimate testimony. You know, I believe it was Josh McDowell in his book Evidence That Demands a Verdict made the case for the fact that the apostles in particular, but then all the followers of Christ down through the centuries who have been willing to lay down their lives rather than renounce Christ. You know, if it was all a big hoax, you know, there's the old... Oh, the, the apostles stole the body. You've heard that one, right? And all the different hoax scenarios. And Josh makes the case. Why would these men lay down their lives for a hoax? At some point, wouldn't you walk away? Wouldn't you? Re- oh, just kidding. Didn't really happen, you know. But people down through the centuries have been willing to die rather than renounce Christ. And so the term martyr literally means witness. There could be no greater witness. Now, none of us are anxious to become martyrs, right? None, None of us are praying, oh Lord, let me be a martyr. Maybe somewhere there are some people who are much more spiritual than you and I praying that kind of a prayer. But the fact of the matter is, what a statement. How could there be any greater statement about the reality of God and the reality of Jesus Christ about the truth then you're willing to die for it right and so the blood of the saints and the martyrs are on this harlot the great harlot Babylon and as I've told you so many times it's so simple we don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out you know Satan is the author of death you know, God is the author of life. God is pro-life. Satan is pro-death. And so this harlot, Babylon, murdering, drunk on the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus is obviously satanic, demonic. It's so easy to tell. Revelation 12, 11, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, overcame the enemy and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death if you love your life to the death that means you'll probably renounce Christ you'll do anything to save your own hide but these martyrs did not love their lives to the death because physical life on this planet under the best of circumstances is temporary is it not Seventy years, the Bible says. Eighty years if you have the strength. And sadly, many people don't even make it that far. Physical life here on earth is temporary. Eternal life in Christ is forever. Why would you be willing to sacrifice that to save this hide that is going to perish anyway? Right? That would be the epitome of foolishness. Revelation 20, verse 4. This is preview of coming attractions after we return with Christ at the end of the tribulation I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God interesting that the preferred method of execution during the tribulation will be beheading so then you wonder if that how that involves the Islamic element because they're the ones who love to chop off heads but then recently we've seen people bringing out guillotines right here in America doing uh, uh, beheading President Trump in effigy did you see any of you see that? that happened a couple times so um, it's going to be interesting as we watch from the balcony see how that plays out I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness, there it is, that witness martyr, Martus to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years now I, I upset some people when I said a while back that I don't believe the vaccine is a mark of the beast, but it it is a precursor, it's a preparation. Because it's being forced and now we're seeing people threatened with losing their jobs. People who can't go to the grocery store buy their groceries and so people are being more and more restricted based upon whether or not they've been vaccinated and what this is doing is preparing and training the population for forced marks, injections, microchips. It's preparing the way. Just as John the Baptist came to prepare the way of the Lord. All of this is preparing for the coming of the Antichrist. It's one thing to have free will, free choice, right? To take the vaccine, not take the vaccine. And again, we've seen even a lead up to this because over however many years that has been going on now at least 30-40 years or more public schools have required certain vaccinations in order for your child to attend school and yet there's been a lot of evidence put forth that some of these childhood vaccinations have resulted in autism there's mercury there's other harmful ingredients in these vaccines and we've seen a lot of benefit I'm not totally dissing vaccines. You know, we eradicated polio. We eradicated various diseases. And again, if you want to talk about what makes sense and doesn't make sense and what the real motivation is, if their goal is to eradicate sickness, disease, and illness, then why are they letting people come into our country illegally with no testing, no vaccines, no anything? It's a lie. It's a lie. It's all a lie. And I want to tell you something else. I believe, you don't have to buy into it, but I believe if they would have let the virus run its natural course with no lockdowns, no masks, no anything, we would have already achieved herd immunity by now, and it would be going away. There's also evidence that the vaccinations are actually creating the Delta variant and other variants. There's so much, folks. There's so much. I trust most of you have probably done your own homework. And I told you again, who are you going to believe? The people who are putting their lives on the line to warn you or the people who are getting rich by causing you to be fearful and afraid and anxious and telling you you have to do this or you're going to die. And now they're telling you, well, you have to do it, but you might die anyway. Yeah, they've admitted the vaccine might kill you, but you need to do it, you have to do it, you can't go to work if you don't do it you can't be in the military boy what's gonna happen to our military they're already weeding out all the Patriots if you're if you're conservative in the military you are blackballed they want woke people in the military they want transgendered people in the military they want people who hate America in the military what kind of a military are you gonna have but there again we don't need a good military because we don't plan on remaining an independent sovereign nation the plan for those in control is to become part of a one world global government hello revelation you don't need proud brave courageous patriots in the military if you have no nation to defend Afghanistan are you watching that one if that had happened under the previous president there's a good chance they'd be erecting a gallows on the steps of the Capitol in Washington DC right now okay I digress which I'm prone to doing sorry guys I never planned this stuff Good stuff here at the end of Revelation 20, verse 4. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So she's drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. And John was now an old man, as you know, in his 90s when he wrote this book. And he had lived almost to the end of the first century A.D., He'd seen the kingdom of God advance throughout the known world in his lifetime. And for him to see in this vision this vile harlot church, this anti-church controlling the whole world, it was mind-boggling to John. Can you imagine what this whole experience must have been like for John receiving this dynamic, powerful massive revelation from God. He's just He's blown away I marveled with great amazement how could this happen and as we discussed last week the great prostitute the harlot church the one world religion of the tribulation will be brought to power on the back of the beast the Antichrist the one world government and for a time it will almost appear as though the church is actually running the show but halfway through the tribulation, that's again why this is not chronological, so to speak. Halfway through the tribulation, when the Antichrist receives the fatal wound and rises from the dead, in chapter 13, he will proclaim himself to be God, and he'll have no more use for this harlot church. It will be the church of the Antichrist. And then he and his ten kings, the rulers over the ten regions of the planet, just like hunger games unit 13 and so forth they will destroy her verse 7 but the angel said to me why did you marvel I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her which has the seven heads and ten horns so just like John he's receiving the word of the Lord in this case through this angelic messenger We also have the word of God to enlighten us and the Holy Spirit to teach us. So the angel says, hey, John, it's cool. I'm going to explain this to you. So we never need to be astonished or puzzled or confused because God will give us insight and understanding concerning spiritual things. Do we all realize that and understand that? If you ever feel confused, just ask God to show you, to teach you. John 14, 26, the helper The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, not might send, will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So we have a promise from Jesus that he will send his Holy Spirit to us to teach us. So even if you are far away from any other source, and you've got to watch out for some of those sources too, by the way, one of the pitfalls of this modern age we're living in with all the internet and satellites and cable TV and so many means of communication there's a great opportunity for many false teachers to get their message across And you've got to use the discernment that God has given you John 15 15 Jesus says no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends just like God called Abraham his friend now in Christ we're also his friends and that's a great distinction maybe we've greatly polluted and diluted the idea of friendship but to God it's a big deal not just everybody gets to be the friend of God I have called you friends for all things and again how do you become a friend of God you you exercise faith in him you profess your belief in him you receive his son Jesus Christ who was sacrificed on the cross for your sins if you want to be called the friend of God then you call God your friend you acknowledge him I don't want to make it sound like that hey maybe you don't ever get to be God's friend maybe he doesn't like you (laughs) no you can be the friend of God it's your choice it's your choice I've called your friends for all things that I heard from my father I've made known to you. That's a pretty big deal. What does that tell us? All things I heard from my Father, I've made known to you. And so some would say, well, yeah, the Bible, I don't know if you've heard this one. The enemy has come up with a lot of good catchphrases over the years, and he's found human instruments who are willing to put those out into the air. One of them is, yes, the Bible is all true, but not all truth is in the Bible have you heard that one I've heard so-called Christian preachers and teachers say that I don't buy that I believe all truth is in the Bible oh the Bible is all true but not all truth is in the Bible excuse me Jesus said all things I heard from my father I've made known to you that's a lot of stuff And although there's a lot more that we don't know, that we will know when we see Him, as we read in 1 Corinthians 13. Then we'll be like Him. We'll see Him face to face. And everything that we now don't know or understand will be imparted to us. But in the meantime, God has given us all the information we need in His Holy Scriptures. You could go through life and not ever read or own any other book but the Bible and you'll be just fine. At the same time, you could go through life reading many, many, many books, perhaps acquiring much knowledge, if you will. But if you don't read the Bible, you ain't got nothing. 1 John 2.20 You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And that anointing is not so you can throw your sport coat at somebody and have them fall over. That's what guys like Benny Hinn will tell you. That's the anointing. Don't you mess with God's anointed, boy. Woo! (laughs) The anointing, my friends, study the book of 1 John. The anointing is to be able to tell the difference between the truth and a lie. It's the discernment of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, it has nothing to do with knocking people over, making them laugh. It's not hypnosis or ventriloquism. It's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that gives you the ability, if you choose to use it. Now some people, they just ignore that discernment. They get into bad relationships because God, gives you, God always gives you warnings. Did you know that? The problem is a lot of times we don't listen to them. I believe that with all my heart. If you're a child of God, he will always give you some kind of a red flag, some kind of a warning. But then you go, well, I just shouldn't have had that slice of pizza at midnight, that's all. No, that wasn't a slice of pizza, that was the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to listen to him, folks. Got to learn to listen to him. Okay, I will show you, this is verse 7 still. The mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her so john says don't don't fret john don't be anxious don't i'm going to explain it all to you and so today we're just going to touch on the beginning of john's the explanation given to john concerning the beast and the harlot we don't have time to go through it all today but here's the beginning of it verse eight the beast that you saw this is is very interesting the beast you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition the beast the Antichrist now there's more than one beast we'll get to that in a moment we know that he's the big beast number one beast beastie boys the Antichrist it says he was now this is interesting because this verse has caused a number of Bible scholars to postulate that the Antichrist will be some evil leader from the past who will return in the last days possibly through cloning and so forth. Now, I got this idea from Pastor Chuck Smith. I think it's my opinion also as a result is the number one candidate would be Nimrod, the founder of Babylon. And there's even indications in the book of Genesis that Nimrod became genetically modified, just like they were doing in the time of Noah in Genesis 6. When the, when the fallen angels cohabitated with the human women and created the Nephilim the giants, the mighty men of old, the men of renown and there's indications in the scriptures that Nimrod was also genetically modified. He's been known down through the ages by a lot of different names Gilgamesh, Baal Melgard, Adonis, Eshmun, Demuzi, Dionysus, Bacchus Orion, Mithra, Apollo, or Apollyon, Ra, the Egyptian god Ra, Tammuz, Osiris. Another candidate that's been put forward is Caesar Nero because he was probably one of the most evil rulers of all times. Nero was the one who would take Christians, coat them with oil and tar and so forth, nail them to crosses and light them on fire and use them for human torches nero was an extremely evil evil ruler rumor has it folks that the illuminists you know the illuminati folks the transhumanists these are real people by the way did you know that there there really is an illuminati folks a satanic order that's been around for thousands of years there really are transhumanists like bill gates and different ones that really want to put implants microchips in your brain they want to go past humanity to what they call post or transhumanism it's all going on in the world right now the world of robotics transcendence you're beginning to see movies now where one of them is transcendence where the idea that they can possibly upload all the content in your brain into a computer And then download it again into some kind of a cyborg or robotic entity sounds far-fetched but really not in 2021 does it did you know that the senate just passed a bill allocating billions of dollars to human animal hybrid research yes they're called chimeras chimeras up to this point that's been outlawed but now they've passed a bill for funding for human animal research into combining human and animal DNA a number of years ago I determined again this is my opinion you don't have to agree with me but if you know much about mythology Greek mythology Egyptian mythology and so forth you've heard of the Titans Considered to be mythological people. I believe the Titans were the fallen angels or the offspring of the fallen angels and the human women from Genesis 6. Have you noticed with the Egyptian gods, some of them have bird heads and so forth? Animal? I believe those are real. You might think I'm a nut. You might think I'm a crackpot. But maybe we give the human imagination too much credit Maybe all of these myths and fairy tales and so forth have a basis in reality. Food for thought. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And there's a lot of people on this planet, if these types of things started manifesting, they'd go, wow, that's so cool. Wouldn't they? They'd think it was great. Great. I told you the Catholic Church is watching for the aliens right now and they're ready to baptize them. This is not, this is real, folks. Do you realize the world you're living in today? I told you, Chuck Missler said 20 years ago, we're in the age of deception, but I've moved it forward. We are in the age of insanity. Hello? The longer the human race rejects God, the crazier they get. Okay, and you might think I'm crazy, and that's okay. Pray for me. If God wants to fix my crazy, he has permission to do so. Okay, rumor has it, the Illuminists, the Transhumanists, the Globalists, they're real too, they really are Globalists, did you know that? They, or even now, According to research that I've done, they even now are attempting to collect DNA from all the bad guys down through human history. Does that surprise you? Nero, Genghis Khan, Adolf Hitler, Nimrod. Imagine if they somehow combined the DNA of all of these guys. Wouldn't that be interesting? I mentioned that one of the names for Nimrod is Apollyon. Revelation 9-11, they had a king over them. uh, These scorpion, demonic entities that we read about that came up out of the bottomless pit. They had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. So this beast was. And again, the theory, the belief is That somehow he pre-existed and history passed, okay? And then he is not or did not exist or was not in power when John wrote this book of Revelation. And then he will ascend out of the bottomless pit. As per chapter 11, verse 7, he or his spirit will be brought up from hell by Satan. That's the thinking. Because that's where, even as our spirits immediately go into the presence of God, Jesus told the thief on the cross, I tell you the truth, this day, today, you will be with me in paradise. Have you ever wondered where you go when you die? You go right to be with Jesus, right to be with God. So, where do the wicked people go? And when I say wicked, we're all, like Ed said, we're all sinners. But what separates the wicked from the righteous? We have no righteousness of our own. God graciously imparts to us his righteousness when we put our faith in him. But if we as the righteous who are made righteous by the blood of Christ go immediately into the presence of God then where do the unrighteous go? There's no such thing as soul sleep. There are some cult groups, some aberrant Christian groups who teach doctrine called soul sleep which teaches that if you are not a believer if you're not born again if you're not saved that when you die and maybe in some groups they even teach if you're a believer this happens you go into a state called soul sleep so you're no longer conscious the bible doesn't teach that the moment our spirits leave our bodies we are still fully conscious conscious either in the presence of god or in that other place and so the scriptures indicate that Satan, if indeed this is how it all plays out, will be bringing up the spirit of some past evil doer, like Nimrod, or some of the others, from the pit of hell. They had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in the Greek he has the name Apollyon. Okay, Revelation eleven seven. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. So Satan brings him up that through the beast, he might gain the universal worship that he's craved since he was cast out of heaven. I did a teaching many years ago. I wish I could find it. I don't know what happened to it. I don't have it on a computer or anything. But the whole premise of this teaching was that all the wars down through human history from the very beginning of time have all been about who will be worshipped. That's been the battle from the beginning of time. Will God, the Creator, be worshipped or will Satan be worshipped? It all started in the Garden of Eden when Satan deceived Adam and Eve. But I believe every war, ultimately, if you dig down to the core, the very pit of it, is about who will be worshipped: the devil or God? Isaiah 14:12, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. You are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, these are the five I wills of Satan. One, I will ascend into heaven. That's what Nimrod said too, by the way. Two, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The stars of God are the angels. Satan wanted God's throne. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. That speaks of Mount Zion the place where God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is worshipped. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Nobody's like the Most High. There's only one God. But Satan thought that he could become God. And he's been trying ever since. And he will get his 15 minutes of fame, as it were, through the Antichrist. We've talked about this worldwide satanic religion The harlot, the great harlot, the great prostitute. Now finally, so we're told that he was. Apparently he pre-existed. We're told that he is not, Then he did not exist, seeming to indicate that he was human origin. He lived, he died. And when he re-emerges, ascending out of the bottomless pit, he thinks he's going to be like the most high, but God has other plans for him. And then finally he will go to perdition, which means destruction. Remember, in the Gospels, Judas, who betrayed Christ, was personally entered by Satan, and he's referred to as the son of perdition. In Thessalonians, the Antichrist is referred to as the son of perdition, or destruction. So just like the master he serves, the Antichrist will be destroyed, as will all who deny Christ by def- and by default become worshipers of the devil, Those uh, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Since God already knew in eternity past, who would receive him and who would not, he wrote the name of every future child of God in the book of life. How many of you here today are children of God? You've been born again by the Spirit of God. Did you know your name was written in God's book before the foundations of the earth? That's predestination. That's election. Not that God looked out over the, the sea of humanity, the course of human history, and in his infinite ability to do those things. goes, well, that, I like the looks of that one. I'll take that one. No, I don't like that one. Yeah. no. He looked out and he saw over the course of human history every single person that he knew would receive him and he wrote your name down in his book of life. How cool is that? Only those whose names are not written in the book will be deceived by the antichrist. Romans 8, 29, and 30. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, when you look in the mirror, you don't see it yet, but did you know you're already glorified? It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Ephesians 1.5 Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. And then you go back down to verse 11. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance having predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. How do you know, folks, if your name is written in the book of life? How do you know if you're predestined? It's this simple. Acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, put not your faith in the works of man. Perfect example. So how do you know? You acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Invite him to come and live inside you. That's how you find out if you're chosen. If your name is written in the book of life, are you predestined? The onus is on you. God has reached out through mankind through his son Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, all who come to me, I will in no wise cast out. There's a really good chance that you're chosen, that you're predestined, that you're called. But in order to find out, you've got to take that step of faith and invite Jesus Christ into your life. Invite him to come and live inside you. Then you'll find out that you are indeed chosen. I always think of that. Toy Story, where all the little green guys are in the machine there, and he's, you know how those machines where you use the claw and you try to get a a toy out of the machine? And and the kid gets a hold of one of those little green Martian guys, and the rest of them go, you are chosen, you are chosen. Did you see that? It's a kid's movie, but it's actually for adults, too. Okay. Okay. And finally, those who dwell on the earth will marvel. Just like John marveled at this unbelievable vision of the harlot church. Those who dwell on the earth will marvel when they see that the beast that was and is not and yet is. Again, it could be the indication that he's some recognizable figure from history past. But it's also probably a reference to what we saw in Revelation 13.3. I saw one of his heads, this beast, the Antichrist. I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. Now, interestingly, when Christ rose from the dead, according to Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Jesus, the risen Christ, was seen by more than 500 people at one time. That's pretty good evidence. And yet, uh, the Jewish leaders of that time, the Romans, everybody did all they could to cover up the resurrection, didn't they? But you know what? When the Antichrist has this demonic, satanic resurrection, however that's to be accomplished, boy, the whole world is going to be cheering for that one. And it's going to cause them to follow after him. Those who dwell on the earth will marvel When they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. That could be the point at which this demonic spirit enters him. And in fact the very spirit of Satan himself. Then you go down to verse 14 of Revelation 13. It speaks of the other beast, the false prophet. And he, the false prophet, deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Who granted him that ability? That would be Satan. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs he was granted to do. Now, when Moses confronted the magicians in Pharaoh's court, Janus and Jambres, remember they had a duel. Moses threw down his rod. It became a serpent. Oh, Janus and Jambres, the magicians there in Pharaoh's court said, Oh, we can do that they threw down their rods they became serpents but you know what happened moses serpent ate their serpents because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world but just like those magicians in pharaoh's court were granted the ability to do counterfeit miracles so the false prophet the second beast will be granted that same power again where would it come from not god it comes from satan telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived and that's where we'll stop for the day let's stand bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment take a moment and have you raise your hands if you need prayer for something this morning whether it be health finances a friend or loved one Whatever the request might be, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you guys. God sees your hands. He knows your hearts. He knows what's going on. Father, we lift up each one this morning in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for those who are willing to raise their hand and acknowledge that they need help. Lord, we all need to humble ourselves before you and acknowledge that apart from you, we can do nothing, but that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, God, I pray for each one. I pray for those with health issues, we ask that you pour out your healing upon each one, Father, whether it be someone in this room or someone that they are representing here today, somebody outside this room. Lord, we pray for healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we know that you are the, the great physician, the God who heals. Lord, whether it's just the smallest thing, allergies, cold, flu, something worse, COVID-19, cancer, leukemia, diabetes, diabetes. Lord, we lift it all up to you because you are greater than all these diseases. You're our creator. You created us in your image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know us inside and out. We pray for your healing for each one, God. We pray that you'd impart faith to us for healing. Lord, we see over and over again in the Gospels where you tell people your faith has made you well. And yet, Lord, we know within us we don't have that kind of faith. It has to come from you. So we ask that you would impart faith to us, Lord to trust you and to believe you for healing, that you have our best interests and at heart. We pray for those with financial difficulties that you would provide, Lord. You promised you'd provide for our daily bread, our daily needs. Lord, sometimes our wants and our needs are not the same. Probably oftentimes that's the case. But we pray that everything that is essential, everything that's needed, would be provided, Lord, by whatever means you choose to do it. And we pray that you'd give us wisdom in guidance as to how to properly manage our resources so we avoid financial struggles and difficulties but Lord sometimes they're beyond our own ability to prevent it's a job loss or perhaps a cut in pay or a cut in hours whatever it might be we ask you to provide for each one whether they need a job or they have a job and they just struggling we lift it up to you Lord and we pray for peace Lord you told us if we would bring everything to you in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that you would provide to us the peace that passes all understanding. So I pray for that peace this morning for each one, Lord. Pray that you'd help us to work together as a body of Christ to help one another uh, prevent these kinds of struggles and problems and difficulties. Help us to have the kind of connections and relationships where we can be aware of each other's needs and help each other out. Pray for broken relationships or damaged relationships You'd bring healing into those situations as well, Lord. Repair, restore. Help us to be peacemakers, Lord, help us to be the first ones to reach out, even if we haven't done anything wrong that we're aware of, but we can still be peacemakers and extend the olive branch and start the process. So I pray that you would relieve everyone here today from anxiety, depression, worry, fear, doubt, bitterness, resentment, jealousy, unforgiveness, Lord, and anger. Help us to release all of those things to you. Know, we, we know they are destructive, they are damaging. And those are not your will for us as believers, Lord. You've given us a heritage and a legacy of joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Help us to embrace those things, Lord. And we, I pray your blessing upon each one now in Jesus' name. Amen.